Hey, good Saturday morning and welcome to the Better Modesto Show. I'm Jim Applegate, my co-host Chris Ricky, and Ulysses Vasquez. And we have a great show for you today on 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. And also check out our social media because you can find back episodes of all of our content and uh, even future content as it becomes available. So Ulysses, Chris, how are you guys doing today? I'm swell. I'm so glad to be back. I've I've missed uh, you know being on, and you know we've missed you, Jim. I haven't I haven't crossed paths with you in a little bit, and it's so good to see you once again. And um, yeah, just be able to hear your voice as well. The, Thanks, man. That, that, that DJ's smoothness to it as well. It's always great to be a part <laughs> of the show. Yeah, Chris, doing well. Yeah, man. Uh, just had a great, uh, we had a really strong council meeting last night. I'm really excited because I've been, uh, I've been pushing on this whole safe parking thing for a really long time. And we were the city manager, you know, finally said like, Hey, you know, we're going to try to make this happen this summer. Like it looks like it's going to go to council in June. So I'm really excited um, that that's something that's coming together that's going to help us on the homeless side and you know just making incremental progress and that's what it's all about you know man you guys are the city council that is getting things done we are so thankful for you and the work that you and sue and your compadres are doing in our city so thank you chris yeah man it's good really good super good well hey today we we want to jump right in because we have a great guest on our show today uh, supervisor for Stanislaus County is Chance Condit. And Chance, we want to say thanks for taking the time and for being on our show today. Happy to be here. So, you know, this is real privilege, I think, for me and Ulysses specifically, because we've got two elected officials and uh, not just, you know, these are two guys who are working together for the betterment of Stanislaus County, for the betterment of Modesto. And uh, so, Guys, thanks so much. And I can't wait to just pepper you guys with questions today about the good things that are happening in our city. So thanks to both of you for uh, your work, for willing to be elected and uh, take the heat and the good that comes off of that, both of you. Yeah, thanks, Jim. And um, thanks for hosting the show from Alaska, too. I mean, if we're, we're gonna, as long as we're outing people here, you know. <laughs> I am in Alaska. I, I get to come up here every once in a while, and uh, it's beautiful up here. It's actually a pretty sunny day in Alaska, so kind of nice. So, hey, Chance, just a, an opportunity to get to know you a little bit. Tell us about your background. Sure. Well, I appreciate that, Jim, and uh, thanks again for having me, and uh, it's an honor to be here with you guys today. But uh, again, I'm Chance Condit. I'm a, a series resident. Um, I grew up here. My family's lived in Ceres uh, since 1967. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I live over by Ceres High School, and I, I'm a California State University Stanislaus graduate, history major. I, I worked for Assemblyman Gray in his district office for seven years. I worked for Opportunity Stanislaus as an economic development specialist. I served two years on the Ceres City Council, and I ran for the County Board of Supervisors two years ago. And uh, primarily, uh, the reason I ran is I'm sure many others who decide to run is we want to improve the quality of life uh, for our neighbors, for our residents here in Stanislaus County. And uh, that's something that's important to me. Uh, you know, I'm, 
Uh, we're going to raise a family here in Stanislaus, so I want to make sure that they have as, just as many opportunities as I had growing up. And uh, so, but I really appreciate you guys having me, and I'm happy to answer any questions to the best of my ability. Right on. Well, we got to start with something really hard, Chance. Are you ready for this one? Sure. What is your favorite restaurant in the city of Modesto? Wow, you're going to get me in trouble, Jim. <laughs> or, or, or series, maybe. Yeah, we're in series. Oh, oh that's even worse. That's yeah, even worse. Even worse. Yeah. We'll try to stay out, out of my district. I, I, love, I love all restaurants in, in District 5. Um, but I, I try to frequent as many restaurants as I can. Uh, you know, I, I was at uh, Picasso's today uh, for some coffee, but... Uh, you know, I really, I enjoyed going down to Sam and Dave's, uh, get some tamales every now and then. Uh, so I, I try to go as many places as I can. Uh, definitely want to spend our money here locally. But I, I do, I will admit, I try to stay in District 5 as often as I can. It's awesome. Well, when you went to Picasso's today, did Jordy say to you, welcome home? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he said, well, he said, welcome back. Uh, there we go. So me and me and him are just now getting acquainted since I'm in Modesto a little bit more often. Yeah, he is. He's been a, a Modesto faithful for over 20 years and does a phenomenal job taking care of us down there. So super thankful for him. So. All right. So you when did you come into office, Chance? Well, I, I just recently got elected uh, last year. Uh, I finished my full first year as a county board of supervisor. It's been a lot of fun. Every day is a, a new adventure. Um, you know, I almost equate it to being in the fire service where it's like, you know, each day there could be a, a fire or an outbreak and you almost have to respond immediately and you're kind of always on call. This is kind of a 24-7 job in a lot of ways. And, you know, I definitely try to make myself accessible as much as possible um, on my business card. I have my own personal cell phone number, uh, which you know, I'm happy to give out at the end of the show and, and share with your listeners and you know, I, I want to be accessible to the public. I think that's one of my my responsibilities of being an elected official is being accessible as much as possible and, and just making sure that I'm in the community. I'm not inside a bubble inside a you know city hall or, or the county building. You know, I want to be out in the community as often as, as possible and, and make sure that I'm listening to the needs of the people that I represent and who put me in office. And, um, well, you and I, I wanted to ask uh, real, real quick, chance especially since i mean i i appreciate you being here um but maybe you can share for our listeners like what what does a, a supervisor of, of the county i know for your district five like what do you what do you do obviously you're here by by popular demand both for ourselves here on the show but also just you as an elected official what what does that role look like well, I'm actually glad you brought that up because that was the number one question I got walking door to door is what is a county supervisor? And, uh, you know, in the general sense, and I would probably be in the same with the general population. If I wasn't in a governmental role, I, I probably wouldn't know what a county supervisor does either. And so in the general sense, we oversee 26 county departments from behavioral health services, the sheriff's department, to the jail, to the DA's office and, and so on. And we, we have a $1.7 billion budget of your tax dollars, which comparable to our cities, uh, you know, is astronomical. I mean, we have a, a little over a $240 million reserve, uh, you know, and coming from the city of Ceres, and I, I know the councilman could kind of speak to this, this the city's reserves don't even come close to the county's reserves. 
Um, but that is essentially our, our major responsibility is overseeing our tax dollars at the county level, uh, primarily our property tax among, among other taxes. But we fund and make decisions on how our departments will be funded throughout the county. Um, but outside of that, outside of the purview of just uh, voting and showing up and reading my agenda and things like that, I, I would like to kind of go an extra mile of being accessible and being out in the community where if you have a pothole, if your alley needs a cleanup, if there is an illegal dumping, things like that, where it is a concern, direct concern for a lot of the constituents, they're able to contact me directly, and then I would help facilitate uh, them, their communication with county staff so that their issue can be addressed uh, in a timely matter. And, and that is uh, kind of beyond the purview of just uh, showing up every Tuesday and making votes and making decisions on how our tax dollars are spent or how a land use issue is, is being met. So uh, that's kind of my role on a day in day out basis. Right on. And then you you get to interact with uh, Jody Hayes, who is our great CEO for Stanislaus County. Super thankful for that guy. Yeah. Uh, you want to give a shout out for him, Chance? Absolutely. Jody has been a pleasure to work with. Uh, I tell you what, he, it's hard to be the smartest guy in the room when Jody Hayes is in, in the room with you. Uh, he's very sharp, very intelligent. And I always appreciate uh, Jody's honesty. And I appreciate um, just his follow through. I think that's something that's key. Uh, when working in government and honestly in any organization is when you tell somebody you're going to try to do something, you do follow through on that. Uh, you know, in, in any line of work, you're kind of only as good as your word. And I know when Jody has told me he's going to try to do something, he uh, he does follow through on that. And I, I do greatly appreciate it. Right on. Yeah, I think something else I want to talk about just in terms of the county budget is you also have to realize that when you look at that big number, the county also has some like pretty extraordinary responsibilities. You know, mm -hmm. like they have to take care of like healthcare. Like mm -hmm. the county has massive responsibilities in healthcare and those, that money, that pot has to pay for that. And when you're talking about a county with what chance, what 600,000 people or so, is that where yeah. we're at? Like no, it, it ain't cheap. Totally agree. I just said uh, those who live in the unincorporated area is a little over 100,000. 80% of our population lives in an incorporated city. Now, I know I, I know I'm a county representative, but with my prior experience on the Siri City Council, I do have a hard time not looking through the lens of the city perspective, just yeah. because I know how strapped we are as uh, as in our cities with our general funds because we're fully reliant on sales tax revenue, and if that's not coming through. Uh, we're, we're in a tough, tough position financially. Yeah. Well, and, the city of Modesto for the first time ever, our, our property tax income is higher than our sales tax income. Can you believe that chance? It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's not a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take a quick station break, uh, but when we come back, I want to find out more about that idea. I also want to ask you chance if uh, you know, other people who are trying to get into politics, is that a good path to go, to go from uh, city council to Stanislaus supervisor? And, uh, you know, maybe even ask you, what's your future uh, as, you, as you think about it? So some great questions we're going to be able to ask today. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show. We're live on KFIV, also on the iHeartRadio app. 
and we will see you right after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show. Hope you're having a great Saturday morning. Hope you're out whining and dining in uh, one of the great restaurants in Stanislaus County or specifically in Modesto this morning. And uh, you're listening to 1360 KFIV. I'm Jim Applegate. Um, Ulysses Vasquez and Chris Rickey are my co-hosts. And our guest today is Chance Condit, who is the supervisor for Stanislaus County. Thanks so much for being on today, Chance. Thank you for having me. So, you know, one question that comes to my mind, you said that you've you just got into office and you've been in there for a year now. You started in the COVID season. I did. So, what a brutal season to start in, uh, you know, as a, as a supervisor. How do, you, how, do you, how do you feel like coming out of this now? Well, it, it was tough and it was tough on all of us, you know, and, and especially our, our business owners and our men and women who, you know, they weren't able to show up to work for a lot of for a lot of reasons. And, um, you know, my, my heart definitely goes out to them. And I'm glad we're finally seeing the daybreak here and we are coming out of it and returning to somewhat of a normalcy. And um, but it, it was tough. It, it's been a tough year. Um, I know. And, and you both had a campaign during a COVID season as well. Campaigning was very difficult. And, uh, you know, going from the primary where things were open to a general election where things were closed, it was very hard to interact with the general public in that sense. Uh, but I, I, I think our county has done a fantastic job kind of steering the ship and leading the way, making vaccines available to those who want it. I know I'm, I'm very proud that District 5 has been the highest propensity in, in vaccine numbers. Uh, specifically a, a shout out to the city of Patterson, which they have the highest um, vaccine rate comparable to the other cities. Uh, so I, I think we have done a, a great job or the best job that we could do in this sense. And, and I do think that, you know, a silver lining uh, to, to COVID has been the financial assistance from the federal gar- government with uh, the ARPA funds. Uh, we received $106 million of ARPA funds from the, the federal government. And, uh, you know, it's how we use that, that money, that 106 million, that could have everlasting impact on our, for our county residents. And I, I'd be happy to kind of expand into that as well when we get to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm super thankful for the work you and uh, Councilman Chris have done because, you know, you brought the, like the rental assistance program and even some of the utility payment and just some ways to really practically help our residents. I wonder though, if I could just drill a little bit deeper, I know there's been a lot of controversy, uh, you know, in our county, you know, between masks, no mask and vaccines and no vaccines and those kind of things. Yeah. I wonder maybe both of you, Chris and Chance, you could talk about what has it been like to try and bring residents together in our county and just to, you know, help people, you know, face the, a similar direction and take take care of each other well, even coming from such crazy different perspectives. Oh, you want to no. go first? You want to go first, Chance? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to. I, I'm happy to. Uh, you know, I... I always I wore a mask when I was out when I was campaigning. I wore a mask when um, when we did have the the health ordinance in place. Um, and I, I have had my COVID vaccine. I got the J and J the one time shot, and then I got the J and J booster as well. And you know, I I just would never want to politicize someone's uh, choice of their health. You know, I, I don't I don't think of wearing a mask as a as a political issue. 
if, if you want to choose to wear a mask, you know, absolutely, that is, that is your right. And I know that I followed the ordinance when that was in place, when masking was indoors. Uh, but, you know, it, it, we're at a time where our vaccine numbers are probably going to be where they're at. And, uh, you know, we still want to make everything available. We want to continue uh, educating the public and making sure that they're aware of their options. Uh, but if there is an alternative, such as the antibodies and, and things like that, we should also make those available. And, uh, you know, I, I do I do think we're at the point where we have to continue moving forward. And, um, you know, we, we certainly can't look in the rear view at this point. Uh, we, we have to kind of we're at an endemic stage and we do have to return to, to a normalcy. And uh, but it, as far as divisiveness, I, I definitely wouldn't want to. Uh, politicize a pandemic or politicize COVID. That's, you know, politics should have no, no business in someone's health. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think, I think far too many people, you know, got sick and passed away. I know way too many people that passed away from COVID. Um, but, you know, what's, what's positive about this is that, you know, it's kind of on the down low right now and uh, we're all moving together, moving forward, getting back into it. Um, so I think that's, that's a super positive. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I want to thank you guys. Cause I know, you know, like even for me as a pastor, this has been a very rough season to try and bring people together. And, you know, as a pastor, it's supposed to be people who love each other, trying to bring them together. And that's been hard and let you guys, um, have done a phenomenal job at just leading in our County, bringing people together. Like you said, chance, not politicizing things, but just saying, Hey, let's, let's be out there for the good of all the people in our community. So it's uh, it's really good. By the way, as a history buff, Chance, I heard the other day that, um, you know, really 2005 to 2019, you know, it was such a peaceful time in our world that that period of time was more an anomaly. And now we're going back because of the pandemic and other things like the war in the Ukraine and so forth to what um, life is like on a normal basis and has been like for like the last thousand years. What do you think about that? You think that's true? I don't know. I honestly haven't given that much thought. I know in 2005, I was a sophomore in high school. But, uh, <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I think, you know, you, you have to follow kind of what the good book teaches is love thy neighbor and to treat others how you want to be treated. And and we have to just remember the basics of that and just common human de uh, decency and also how to have a conversation with one another and also agree, also agree to disagree. And, and just because someone thinks differently than you doesn't mean that they are vile or that they're evil or that they're any different. I, I think, you know, freedom of expression and freedom of speech is quintessential to our democracy. And uh, so I, that's, that's where I'm at. You know, I, I, I try to love everybody. I try to keep an open mind. I always try to put myself in their shoes and find out where they're coming from. And I always believe that we should have a big tent. You know, we should have a long table where everybody has a seat at the table and everybody has a voice. Yeah. I, love yeah, no, I, I appreciate that chance. I think um, bringing it back to like, you've mentioned it a couple of times of just like making sure that we recognize that uh, yes, you know, there are, constituents and there are residents in our county and our city and the different districts uh, but we're also just neighbors right humans trying to um, continue on and I think as we you know I'm, I'm grateful to be in this space where there's a lot of people who are 
all y'all are trying to make our county, our city better, a better place and a, for people to live. And also in response, Jim, to um, what Chan said, yeah, I think it, my sophomore year in high school, I, I was not thinking about um, global, global matters. Uh, I was thinking about staying afloat in high school and my classes and uh, in sports and stuff. So, yeah, that, that's, I mean, I, to me, it was a little different. Um, uh, but yeah, so, I don't know what my sophomore self would have been thinking of that. Time. Yeah, I want to know what, what were you thinking, Chris, Ricky, in your sophomore year of high school? <laughs> I mean, I was actually taking like uh, world history AP because I also like chance was a history major major. Um, yeah. So I probably was thinking about that stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, we lived through some amazing times. I'm not sure. I think that it's that much different now. I, th I think, in fact, we may be heading towards an even more peaceful time, potentially, if we can shore up our democracy here in America. Right. But um I think that, like, if you look at what the Russians are doing to Ukraine, not to get too far out there, but if with the way that Russia's been, you know, the international community is dealing with Russia, it makes it really difficult to start warring with people on a large scale if you're going to be part of the community and you want to, you know, have relations with other countries. So I'm actually really bullish on the future of the world right now. Okay. Yeah, that, that's great to hear. It is interesting when we become a global economy, how if, you know, everything affects everybody now and uh, one person can't act without it having impact around us. So yeah, totally appreciate that perspective. And uh, I, you know, I want you guys to know I wasn't a history major, but I was a history minor. So <laughs> I can, I can have like minor conversations about these things, not major. You yeah. almost made it to the majors there. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I don't know if you took this class when you were in, uh, I, I took the history of sports uh, by a professor named Rodriguez back at Stan State. And uh, that was probably one of my favorite classes, history. And he, he chronicled um, the history of baseball with the history of civil rights. Wow. Fascinating. And wow. uh, just made me realize like how much impact some of these things have uh, you know, in, in the day-to-day -day things that are happening. So it's great. All right, we got to take a quick station break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, how the city and the county are working together to make uh, Stanislaus County and Modesto a great place to live. So you are listening to The Better Modesto Show. I'm Jim Applegate, co-host Ulysses Vasquez and Chris Rickey. And our guest today is Chance Condit. And I will, we will see you right after the break. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show. We're on 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Jim Applegate. Chris Rickey and Ulysses Vasquez are co-hosts. And our guest today is Chance Condit. He is the supervisor for Stanislaus County. Hey, we want to spend some time talking about the things that the Board of Supervisors is doing in Stanislaus County. So Chance, what are you guys up to as a leadership group in our in our amazing county? Well, we got a lot of things going on in Stanislaus County. Uh, you know, I, I want to kind of highlight the things in my district. You know, we have the Crows Landing Naval Air Base out there on the west side in, in Crows Landing. Uh, we have entered a master development agreement uh, so far, and uh, we're very excited about that uh, prospective project. It could produce around 15,000 jobs. 
and it's going to just be an absolute uh, gem for our west side residents and for the county overall um, but something you know something i'm working on uh, you know just myself and in, in general and my priorities are in trying to uh, get a west side hospital a 24-hour uh, after hour on the weekends hospital right now uh, our west side residents are without uh, accessible health care uh, essentially if there's an accident or if there's something happens to you after hours or on the weekend you have to commute eastward 35 to 40 minutes and that's something that our west side residents have had to deal with since the uh, del porto hospital closed uh, back in the late 90s uh, but that is that's my uh, top priority, along with trying to get uh, proper infrastructure for our south side, um, our south Modesto residents, uh, and trying to make sure that they have just as adequate services as everybody else uh, enjoys and honestly kind of takes for granted living in an incorporated city. Uh, you know, they're without curbs and gutters and uh, sidewalks and proper lighting. And uh, just in, in the general sense, a lot of these areas have been disenfranchised for generations and kind of been left out of the equation. And I do think that's something that uh, myself and my city partners, uh, you know, Councilman uh, Ricky uh, can work on and kind of delve into together and trying to get these uh, cities up to city standard for future annexation. Uh, that's something I'm certainly working forward towards and, and trying to hopeful about. But I think you should take some credit too. Like you talk about how the county, um, you know, does get allocated more money sometimes in the cities and that kind of stuff. But you also, when you talk about this specific issue, when you talk about the county islands, not a lot of people are giving the county and the cities credit for the money that they're putting into these new improvements. I mean, this county has um, allocated $50 million to do what you're talking about already. And that I think is a really, that's a big step. Now it's a half billion dollar problem. So the 50 billion is not like, you know, gonna just solve the problem, but it's a huge investment. And I think that we as a community need to celebrate the commitments we've already made. I, I, I agree with you on that uh, scope of things. I just, my worry is that South Modesto has generationally been left out of the equation. They have been left far behind than other unincorporated areas. You know, I, I don't think that South Modesto needs as much, uh, or they need more attention than areas such as Del Rio or even unincorporated areas in Oakdale or even unincorporated areas in Turlock. And, and I hate to, to kind of pit one area against the other, but essentially that's what it's going to come down to is who gets a majority or, or is it going to be equal share on that $50 million? And I know that my colleagues are going to be advocating just as hard for their districts, and I respect that. But South Modesto has been, you know, they are way behind the starting line. They're not even, they're not even on equal footing, in my opinion, than a lot of our areas. That so you look at the airport district, you look at West Modesto. I think those areas need to be top priority as far as funding. And I would even argue a majority of funding. Um, just because and they are they are urban, uh, urban ge geographic islands that can and should be prioritized as far as annexation goes. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I want to appreciate also Chance. Um, I mean, you just naming that, um, and also, I mean, I, I was I saw your newsletter and I saw on, on also on social media that you were, you know, obviously you're you're discussing these topics, but you also were there. You went and kind of walked and kind of um, 
took took a look at what what Southside Modesto looks like. Um, and as a person who grew up in Southside Modesto and also attended uh, Hanshaw Middle School, mm-hmm. um, I you know I went to those schools and um, I went to Twelve Elementary, then I went to um, Hanshaw and. I mean, it, it's a different, you know, it's, it's just different when you're going to school. One, I lived around the corner from my Southside school in Tuolumne and I just walked. But going to Hanshaw, being bused over there, it just, for some reason, it just seemed, it was my cousins over there. I had a lot of good memories there, but mm-hmm. the, the environment was different. Not having those sidewalks kind of just changed the, the, you know, the ambiance a little bit as, as you as a student. And so um, it, I think that's so tr- such an important investment um, in, in that in that investment, I appreciate that we have someone on the on the county who's advo- advocating for that. So, props to you and appreciate that. Thank well, you. It it's not just sidewalks either; it's also oh, yeah. sewers, you know. Yeah, and it's lights curved, and curved gutting, yeah. lighting. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I do want to give some credit to my colleague, Supervisor Manny Graywall, who also was out there uh, walking with the residents and kind of touring. Uh, that in Dallas, uh, Fraser area out there in Tulsa. And um, and we did meet with the residents and we did hear from people growing up, kind of like yourself, going to school, walking to school, and especially when it was raining. And they have, would bring an extra pair of clothes to change into once they got to school because they're walking in, in puddles that were coming up past their shins. And so their clothes, they would have to bring an extra pair of clothes. Uh, just to change into so that they can be dry once they arrived at school and I just it's it it does kind of bother me in a sense that you know we 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 kind of have just kind of allowed you know some of our residents to to live like that and to live like that for generations and we have made a lot of promises and and I understand where the apathy and the frustration comes from and uh, and you also got to think about our seniors and, and the disabled and trying to navigate those dirt, dirt um, roadways. And it's just, it's a safety issue in general with, with kids having to choose whether or not to walk in the puddles or walk on the streets and, you know, with cars and things like that. And, and so I, I just think in the sense of, of priorities and prioritization that South Modesto, and I know it's in my district, but South Modesto, the airport district and, and West Modesto should take preference over any other area in the county as far as the, the infrastructure funding. Yeah, super thankful for that chance. We have talked um, many times on this show about the fact that Crow's Landing area actually generates the most sales tax for the city of Modesto. And yet, you know, sees the, the probably the littlest benefit back from it. So it's, it's fantastic that you're having uh, an impact on this. And I wonder if, you know, that's largely because you were city councilman for the city of Ceres. So you, you know, you saw these problems at a small scale and now you're seeing them at a large scale. I think that's the case. Well, I, I just think that the city's uh, challenges and obstacles are a little bit different than our folks living in those unincorporated areas, you know, and living in the city, living in a corporate city, we do have the luxury of having curbs, gutters, lighting, sidewalks, we're up to city standards and city codes. But kind of to your point, Jim, is we, we have one of the highest propensity tax generators in the county, but a majority of their residents are without. And they're, they're paying just as much tax as they're paying just as much fees, but yet they're not receiving the same quality services. And uh, my, my ultimate goal is to hopefully get those neighborhoods and those areas incorporated into either Ceres or Modesto. I know that the Parklawn community kind of identifies a little bit more with the city of Ceres. And then, um, 
you know, the, the other part of South Modesto of which I represent, and even kind of the area which Supervisor Manny Graywall represents, uh, kind of identifies a little bit more with the city of Modesto. Uh, but it, it is a, it's a huge, huge haul of a, of a project. It's going to definitely take a lot of our, our leaders, county and city, to get in the same room and kind of negotiate and work something out in the long term. But uh, the very first step is kind of figuring out how we're going to spend the $50 million and put it to what areas uh, specifically. So we will see. Yeah, we've got about a minute left in this segment, Chance, but I would love to know what are the barriers that you are up against uh, in terms of building a hospital on the west side? Like, what does that look like? That sounds like a great project. It is. It's a very exciting project. You know, I, I honestly was a little naive on how much uh, money was a factor in the hospital business, because that's what it is. It is a business. When you talk to different healthcare providers, such as Kaiser um, and others, uh, Sutter and so on and so forth, it, it comes down to dollars and cents and how are they going to keep their doors open and so on and so forth. And I completely understand uh, that. But from a, a third party's perspective, I always assume that, you know, the prioritization of the patient's care and, and just making healthcare accessible would be more prioritized than, than that. And, and so that has kind of been eye-opening in a lot of ways. And, and I know that uh, the county, uh, we, we're approaching different providers. We're meeting with different uh, hospital C CEOs. I've met with uh, several so far, uh, and we are trying to uh, incentivize those folks as much as we can and our partners with the city of Patterson and trying to locate a provider on the west side and uh, we are willing to put skin in the game if we have to uh, just because it, it is a quality of life issue you know we have an entire region without healthcare services well man thanks so much for taking on that challenge and uh, right after the break we're going to talk about some of the partnerships that are happening between the county and the city to make some of these challenges uh, possible or to make, you know, to take them away. So you're listening to the Better Modesto Show. We're on 1360 KFIV, also live on the iHeartRadio app, and we will see you right after the break. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Better Modesto Show. What a great conversation we're having today. I'm Jim Applegate, my co-host, Chris Rickey, and Ulysses Vasquez, and our guest today, Chance Condit, who is a Stanislaus County Supervisor, represents District 5, and Chance, thanks so much for being on today, and thanks for all the work that you are doing. That's a pleasure. Thank you, Jim. You kind of uh, you kind of jumped in. Uh, just I feel like the treadmill was going about fifteen miles an hour when you jumped on it. So <laughs> must seem that way to you a little bit, I'm sure. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, so you know, we in the past we've talked about homelessness. We've talked about the ADUs, the accessory dwelling units. We've talked about SB 1383, we've talked about some of the property tax issues in Modesto, and I'm wondering if we can just get you, Chance, and Chris just to have a conversation about what the city and the county are doing together in uh, working towards resolution of some of these uh, problems and opportunities. So why don't we start with uh, homelessness? Uh, what's the partnership like between the county and the city of Modesto in this? I, I know that we are doing everything we can to work with our city partners and trying to expand services uh, throughout the county and every city. I think our, our director of behavioral health services, Ruben Imperial, has done a phenomenal job 
and has the right vision and almost an outside the box approach on how to tackle uh, these these uh, these incredibly challenging issues. And it's just it's not a one size fits all approach. It's it's not just housing. It's not just services. It's all the above. We need we need transitional housing. We need uh, drug abuse, substance counseling. We need job training. We need we need every option on the table and every option needs to be considered. Uh, something I do want to highlight in my uh, district specifically is the incredible work being done in the city of Patterson. Host House, uh, Dr. Jenny Boyer with Cambridge Academies has done a phenomenal job uh, dealing with our most vulnerable. And uh, you know anything I can do as a as an official and as the county, they they will have my full support. I know that they have expanded in other cities in Stanislaus County specifically, one being the city of Riverbank. And uh, they're just doing a phenomenal job with Naomi's house and host house in, in the city of Patterson. But we need, we need to make more services available to those who want help. And, and we need to be proactive in trying to go out there and engage our, our homeless and trying to make sure that they are aware of the help that is being offered. And, um, but not stop there. We can't just put them in a house and, and wish them farewell. We have to kind of help guide them and reacclimate them into, into society. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all in anything I can do to try to help and, and make those decisions. Uh, we will do it. And I know I've met with the councilman and, and also Mr. Gunderson, as far as the tiny home uh, potential project. And, and I know uh, myself and the chairman of the board, Terry Withrow has, has met and we've had a couple meetings on that. And I hopefully we can continue that conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, there's some real opportunities here, like when you talk about ADUs, like what we what we met with, uh, you know, Modesto City Schools about and how they could maybe build a few ADUs every year. And that that's pretty awesome. And then, of course, of course, you know, we've got um, Joe Duran, who's been guest on this show before and his new, um, you know, community development corporation that he's working on uh, has a really good vehicle for helping people finance ADUs um, and when you kind of connect that funding through Joe Duran's organization and the um, specs that are going to be shared by the city of Modesto and uh, the county you know about those chants the, yes. the yeah the so when that comes together it's going to be really easy for people to um, to build ADUs in their yards which is fantastic um, I'm hopeful that we can maybe deploy some ARPA money in a like revolving loan fund or something so that it's easier for people to build them because that's the challenge. I mean, it's going to be hard to build one of these things for less than, I don't know, $150,000, mm -hmm. you know, um, just a lot of it is tied up in permitting and, you know, built in costs that you can't do much about. So we so still have some exploration to go on these things, but and um, yeah, so. So what you're talking about, Chris, is the, as far as specs goes, the county and the city have worked together and in, in accordance with the state as well to kind of give a cookie cutter stamp to some of these ADUs, the accessory dwelling units, these sort of tiny homes you can put on your property so that the red tape goes away and that it's easier to build these things. Yeah, and further than that, it's like you don't have to pay for, you know, certain sewer hookup fees and like other taxes that are built in. That's a result of state law um, to try to encourage people to build more of them. So you're going to save a lot of money 
that you wouldn't you would have had to pay otherwise but it's still going to cost quite a bit you know so yeah that's where the funding comes in so what what are some other things um both you and and chance chris um that the city and the the county are working on together what are you guys encouraged by well, I'm excited about this safe parking thing we talked about earlier. That's an idea that came out of the county um, in, you know, talking to like the sheriff and it's something he wants to work on. I, I'm hopeful that we can work together on safe camping as well. I know that uh, we don't have like a full like unified front on that yet, but it's something that I'm certainly advocating for. Um, and then I think that we need to keep working on things like the downtown street team that have been super successful things like the kansas house chance the county helped us with funding that didn't they that was also yep. a joint thing um we're going to do another one of those um on orangeburg that was so we're going to basically almost triple our capacity for the downtown for the kansas house style of um of housing um so we're doing a lot of good stuff the problem is the the problem, the problem is that homelessness is just such an overwhelming giant problem that we just have to keep chopping at it. Yeah, it's not a problem that we're gonna resolve, it's a tension that we're gonna to have to manage. And so that is gonna take the county and the, uh, the city working together. Um, Chance, what's some things that you're appreciating about the city of Modesto or even some other cities in Stanislaus County right now that you can say, I love the partnership that's happening well, I, I definitely appreciate uh, my city partners with the city of Modesto. Uh, I have interacted with the mayor on a number of occasions in regards to uh, the specific, specific issues of potential annexation uh, once we get those unincorporated areas up to city standard. Um, I, I honestly, I interact with more of um, the three prominent cities in my district, Ceres, Patterson, and Newman. I try to have uh, annual meetings with the city council members as well as the mayors and the city managers to always kind of stay up to speed on what's going on in our cities and our incorporated areas. Uh, but I, I think we're all in this together. I think whether you're a city or the county, you definitely have skin in the game. We want to make sure that uh, every city is represented and has just a loud voice as our county overall. And, and, you know, if our cities are strong, our counties are strong. And that kind of goes back to my point about property tax sharing and and also just a better uh, financial partnership between the county and the cities. Right on. Well, um, Chance, we do want to give you a, an opportunity today to talk about how people can connect with you. You've brought up some great things on our show, and probably some people have questions, and maybe other people would like to call and congratulate you and say thank you so much for your work. So how would they get in touch with you? Sure. Well, they can call me directly. Uh, my cell phone number is 209 622-7485. Again, 209-622-7485, or they can email me, conditc at stancounty.com. Uh, I also have a Facebook page, uh, Chance A. Condit, Stanislaus County Supervisor, District 5. Uh, but I, I want to be put to work. You know, I work for the taxpayers. Uh, if you have a pothole, if you have an illegal dumping, uh, whatever it may be, if you have any issues whatsoever, uh, going on in your neighborhood, whether you live in the city or the county, I am more than happy to kind of help facilitate uh, a, a connection between you and our government. And that's really what I want to be. I want to be a bridge. I want to be a bridge between our residents and our municipalities. And I, I think that's my responsibility and my role as a county supervisor and as an elected official. And 
but yeah, I, I want to hear from you. If you got any questions or concerns or, or any comments, I'd be more than happy to talk with you. And how would our constituents find out about the great work that you are doing? Is there a place that they can go on the Stanislaus County website or yeah. another place? Uh, Sure. Yeah, you can go to stanislauscounty.com. Uh, we do have a board of supervisors section. Uh, each supervisor kind of has their own uh, little profile page. And again, you can reach out to my office. My office number is on there, um, or you can email me directly. Uh, but again, I, I do have my cell phone number on my business card. So it, it's definitely a public number and people are more than welcome to reach out to me personally. And if there's a, if one of the listeners wants to go and maybe see you uh, at the county, uh, uh, the board of supervisors meeting, they can see mm -hmm. you live as yeah. well. Uh, when, where, where, and when can they can they go? Maybe make a public address. Sure. Well, we meet every Tuesday 9 a.m. and then we have one night meeting uh, out of the month where we meet at uh, 6 p.m. So, it's awesome. Okay. Well, Chance, I want to say thank you so much for being on our show today, and uh, Ulysses and Chris, thanks for co-hosting today. Uh, we are we are so excited just the great public um, relations that you guys are doing, making our county great, making our city great, and for the work you're doing here. So thanks for being on the Better Modesto Show. Thanks to our audience for listening today. And thanks for hosting out of Alaska, man. Hey, yeah, that's dedication. <laughs> if we think we have pothole issues in Stanislaus County, you should just come up here. It's amazing. So. <laughs> no. All right, you've been listening to the Better Modesto Show. We're on 1360 KFIV, also on the iHeartRadio app, and we will see you all next week. Bye.